This is the Grant and Taco Show. Here we go. Welcome to the Grant and Taco Show. I'm Jared Weiss. I am your host, as always. And this week, we're here with episode three of the Grant and Taco Show. Uh, this is going to be different than our last couple episodes. Our first two episodes had Taco and then Grant taking you blow by blow through their backstory. And this one is just us talking hoops. It is X's and O's about... What's the future of the big man in the NBA? Where can Taco fit in? How do players like Taco fit in? Uh, really, I don't think I even talk in this one. I pretty much just sit back and listen. So everybody, don't forget that the run of shows that we've done here on the Anything is Potable feed, it isn't going to last forever unless we get your support. So if you want to get more Grant and Taco shows, especially as we face a pretty long layoff here in the NBA season before it hopefully returns sometime in the summer, we want to bring you more shows. So please make sure that you let us know that you're enjoying the Grant and Taco show. We found an easy way to do it. Just tweet at us with the hashtag Grant and Taco, G-R-A-A. G-R-A-N-T-A-N-D-T-A-C-K-O. Tweet how much you love the show, how much you hate the show, how much you're ambivalent about the show. Whatever it is, we want to know how you are enjoying it, where you're listening to it from, how you're getting it through which app. We want to know everything that we can about how you're enjoying the Grant and Taco show. And of course, if you have any ideas for things you want us to cover in future episodes, we'd love to hear that too. So please tweet at us or post on Instagram with the hashtag Grant and Taco. You can even throw an Ann Jared in there if you feel like it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to The Athletic Right now, it's available for a free 90-day trial uh, while we're all going through this coronavirus shutdown. Uh, so you can find my work there. I just had a huge feature on Jason Tatum and how the Celtics offense is adapting to his rise of stardom and the pros and cons there. Uh, we have plenty of coverage coming to you. We're still bringing you tons of Celtics content throughout the week over at The Athletic. And of course, when you sign up for The Athletic, you're not just getting the Celtics content in Boston. You're getting all of The Athletic content all across the world that includes soccer in Europe that's almost every sport you could imagine here in the states it really is one of the greatest subscriptions that even exists anywhere it's like the Netflix of sports which I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that but whatever I said it already so let's get into this episode of the Grant and Taco show I thought I, I used to study the game but now I really study the game NBA basketball. You see what I'm saying? Like, like if I I watch you guys when I'm not when I'm not here, like I've watched every single game unless we play, and I just I can't just watch the game to watch the game anymore. Like every time I watch the game, I'm like, okay, so Tice is in. Like, what is Tice doing right now? Like, right? He's setting the screen. He's rolling. Go tat every single time. JT come layup. He's blocking shots. Grant comes in. Saying a lot of screens, moving the ball. Switching know. every five seconds. You just can tell you got a high IQ. Um, Ennis, come in, offensive rebounds. I see how Ennis gets his rebounds. Ennis started his work super early. He's such a bucket. If, if he doesn't get the ball in the post, like you can literally see him start to push his man under the basket every single time. 
Because he knows, I mean, you, now it's like you, you see, you, you play with people so, so many, so many times that now you know like when they're going to shoot pretty much. It's like, I feel like you can literally tell Ennis he just started pushing, pushing, pushing. And then by the time the ball goes up, he's right there. He just go and grab, grab the ball and just put it right back in. And then when people like, um, Danny was talking to him about it, like when people start to pay so much attention on him just because he gets so many offensive rebounds, it started to open up other shit too. Trust me. That's something that you kind of, like you said, something that you look at and you're like, these dudes are going to it. This game, that's why I stopped watching our team. But I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm happy for you. Like, you're playing well, but I hate small ball. You hate small ball? small ball. Like, every time, every time, like, I see the Rockets, bro, I wanted, I wanted us to beat the Rockets so bad yesterday because I feel like it's just going to make teams going to be, like, you know how they do with Golden State. Like, oh, maybe, maybe this is the way to do it. But, like, not everybody has a Westbrook or a Harden on their team. It, it makes shit so so much easier for everybody else around them. But it's honestly not even just them. I mean, it's not just them, but they the biggest. Like, if you take those two out of, out of the equation, it's a lot harder for them. Like, yeah. Westbrook is an animal. Yeah, but if you look at many teams around the league, they have a lot of lineups like that. Like They do, Denver, but it, it Denver doesn't. has one of them where it's like, they're pretty damn good. Like they don't have, like if they take Mason Plumlee out and they take Jokic out and they put Jeremy Grant, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Michael Porter. Like that's a lineup where you're like, okay, that's hard to guard and it's hard to to score on them. Same with like Toronto when they put they can put Pascal sent like there's a lot of teams in the league that can do that. Like our team, I remember Coach put they put Marcus at the five. Think about it, they subbed everybody out. They took Tice out. They took me out. They took. Oh uh, uh, no! Nah, but Mark Smart is just. I don't know how he does it, but Smart can guard anybody. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so around the league, you can look at a lot of teams that play quote small ball. PJ Washington is playing the five. But you, the Hornets. you have those players that that like can just guard anybody. Like Smart, you put Smart on Porzingis, and Porzingis could not score on Smart. All he tried to do was just turn around and shoot that. That's how Porzingis. And like, do you, you don't realize when you're tall? When you're that tall and the small guy is guarding you, all they gotta do is like get under your legs, and you lose that little bit of balance, and that's it. That's what I'm saying. That's what takes away. That's the benefit of small ball. Like, it's different. Is the most hardest, the hardest part about being playing small, is when you're guarding a team that just like does the ducking, like you said in the G League. But the way you counteract that is by your pressure, and they can't get the ball there. So. The purpose of small ball is, but then what anybody if, can guard it. Like you're on a one on one. Okay, so, okay, so imagine. Okay, so you could, for example, we run ducking plays in the gym for me. You can run ducking plays for me because I'm just. If you try to front me, they just throw the ball top. Nobody gonna, gonna get. How it. many guys are like you in the league though? N- not none. Yeah, none. So I'm just saying. I'm just giving an example. So you have a player like JT. Oh, not even Jalen. Great off the bounce, right? You pressure Jalen, he goes right by you. So if you have Jalen at the free throw line, and then you have, for example, a player like me on the block, and you duck in, you're going to pressure Jalen at the free throw line, he's going to go right by you. You're not going to do that. See, the 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 premise of that is making Jalen's catch so hard that he can't catch it at the free throw line. I mean, he's going to catch it. As well as the on-bar pressure 
before you get to the gym. Like when Smart picks the ball up at half court, and next thing you know, they quote go by and stuff like that. That's what the small ball is for. You're able to bounce around pretty fast. So you can make those rotations. You can do things where that many teams couldn't do before. So like putting JB there, yeah, he can probably go by you, whatever, whatever. But the paint's clogged now. When you make, you're saying, for example, if JB at the free throw line, you're ducking in. Like you're making that catch as hard as possible for JB pushing it out. And then you try and make him do that. And play off playmaking and pressure and stuff like that while also ducking in, it's hard to do both. Because when you once you duck in, it takes away the, the lane for JB to get his layup. But if you stand a dunker, that's why guys like Rob and Tice and those and athletes. that's when that's when for for example, like me, um, in the G League they never leave my body at all. So what Aaron was trying to tell me now, instead of trying to duck in every time, just get to the dunker. Get to the dunker and try to pull everybody in because like for me, there's always my guy guarding me most of the time. And then whoever is on the corner, his guy is creeping towards me too, right. trying to take away the deck. And then whatever whatever is just it just opened up so many, so many, so much space. But for that to happen, I had to make the deck work and have them respect that. Not really. So I mean like, they have to respect it. They don't respect it when it comes to like guys like for example, like you can still do that. Rob, like when you, well, for example, for our team. You look at Rob, you look at Tice, you look at Canner, even Canner. He never ducks in, but guess what? He gets to the dunker. And we have those playmakers who are allowed to get downhill, and they just drop it off. That's mm-hmm. why Houston's so so able to do it, because they just put Tabo Cephalosha or P.J. Tucker in a dunker. And you're gonna everyone respects somebody at eight feet, mm-hmm. so they're going to be attached. Next thing you know, James Harden gets a lane, and if you pull over, drop off P.J., he can make a layup. Like and if you rotate to get PJ, they're kicking out to a corner three to another shooter I mean, shooting forty yeah, percent. You have to respect everybody at eight feet, but you don't necessarily need to be st- st- like stuck with them. Like you can, if you, if it's not really someone who's like not a threat, like he's not gonna duck you in or anything like that, you can recover. You see, you see what I'm saying? Well, the one thing is like with Tucker, he's a powerful. He's gonna just even if you're not staying attached to him, he's gonna yeah, come seek the body and PJ seal you strong. off. Right, that's what I'm saying. So was it really you? He's really that strong. I never played against him. I still haven't. Okay. So I wouldn't. I, other than one time, like I can't I really out, tell. He's he's a strong dude. Like I can't. I can't really. I mean, I can tell, but like I don't know. You know. I mean, yeah. I don't know from experience, I, yeah, but from studying him for a long time, it's not just the power. It's that he moves with so much aggression. So it's like you're coupling his raw strength with the fact that he just moves with intent. And he's, he's putting so much more power behind when he hits you. Right. Like he'll jump. He's like launching himself into you as opposed to sliding in. Exactly. And that's why so many teams like that play small ball, like those guys are typically the more physical, the more athletic, yeah. or the more athletic guys. So like you put Rob in a dunker, you pull over. That's a lob. If you put Tyson in a dunker, you pull over. He's dropping it off. He's taking one dribble into you and then finding a way to finish crafty around yeah. the rim. Same with Ennis. Ennis doesn't jump high at all. But you drop it off to Ennis. He takes one step and either lays it on the same side if he sees your shot blocking on the other side, or he goes on the other side. He, he, other side, ninety percent of the time, that ninety percent of the time, other, other side. side. But he yeah. knows how to get it there. And he's got that second jump, so he's going for so second jump. Tip back, tippy toe. Hey, look, he misses it, but he positions himself where if he misses it, he just taps it's it again, a, taps it again, taps it again, and gets to do it. I do, I do, I do that a lot. So you are just stashy stuff or something. I don't purposely miss layups. It's not on purpose because like sometimes I catch the ball and then I have like two, three people under me and like they just, I'm trying to go up and they just like try to hit my legs and everything. So I try to like just touch the ball in, just like 
That's because I'm right there. Yeah, it's sometimes, like a volleyball set yeah. almost. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like sometimes the ball, it's like yeah, it has no touch to it when you do that. So like sometimes it just like does this and come out. But my hand is already there, so I just dip it in, dip it in, dip it in, and then grab it. It happened yesterday. Like yeah. I did the same play, dipped it in, missed, dipped it in again, missed, dipped it in, missed, <laughs> grabbed it, and then dunked it. No wonder he's getting twenty rebounds. I was say, no yeah. wonder. Man, that was, that was that's Ennis too. Ennis had twenty <laughs> rebounds that game off twelve offensive rebounds, and I was like. He did not have twelve. He just had a lot of taps, and then next year, that was that was that was only three. But oh, only three. So you said you did it twice. So that's six offensive rebounds. Do it four already. times. That's a double double right <laughs> I was there. About to say that's right there. But I'm I'm just I'm I'm just saying like sometimes I wonder how like I've gotten I personally feel like I've gotten a lot better playing this last couple months in the G League. Like I can see it. I can feel it. Like I just, I just see the game a little bit different. Like I can, I understand the game a lot better. And but like, especially like how the NBA is play right now. I just, I was like, how is, how is that really helping me as far as playing in the NBA? Because in the G League, most guys I've played against like are kind of undersized. Like, and I understand now it's like small ball, but like. It's not. It's just. It's just not the same. They're probably not as strong or things like that. Like, I can just duck them in. Like, it's just. Some games are harder, especially when you play like teams that just like run and you know space the floor, which I feel like I've gotten a lot better because I had to adjust. And it's it's just become a pride thing for me. I'm like, I'm just not gonna let, you know, how people see the game now dictate. You know, I'm. I know I can play in this game. Like. I know what I can do. I know how I can contribute regardless of the level. So it's become a pride thing for me. Like, I have to do this. But I still wonder, like, at times, like, I'm like, I'm spending so much time in here, like, working on my craft. But, like, actually playing in, a, like, a real NBA game and, like, seeing the flow of the game and seeing, like, how it is will be a lot more beneficial, kind of. Well, I mean, we've talked a bunch about just the pace of the G League and, and, and the, but I'll say that too, though the pace of the G League is a lot. There's it's a lot more pace in the G League than you see in the NBA. I always and I was talking to Admiral about this, who's um, played plays like, for the Wizards, plays for the Capital City Go Go. Uh, he's a guy that has played both, and he told me that the reason why the pace in the G League is so people take bad shots so fast it's not even just the bad shots it's more so that everyone's competing as hard as they can to hopefully uh, get the sure, shot sure. on the offense the on level. offense on everybody offense. is defense this is a whole on other offense. story but also and makes for a more I also think that guys don't necessarily see the game the way that people in the league do because they make it so simple <clears throat> that they don't play fast it just looks like they're playing fast you play against a team and they're making the right reads and you're just like how did that ball shouldn't have got there that fast? They're just efficient. It's like just in the so NBA, efficient. Every like, everything is just they don't waste like they don't waste any movement. It's like that's why the best players in the G League typically are the ones that just make things so simple. Yeah, it's simple. It's it's it just like the way you're describing how the pace of the game is kind of slower to you. Tremont plays as if the pace of the game is is a, like snail paced. Um, Tremont he sees, he sees the game. Tremont Tremont playing in the NBA right now like. Tremont is just like a, what, what would I call it? 
like a magician with the ball. That that little man can hoop. And like his I seen Tremont do some stuff. I'm like, wow, this man. And that's where the seeing the game comes into the factor. But there's his, a lot of his talented, so, there's a lot of talented guys in the G League. No, he's so intelligent. And this is just not him. I've seen many players like him in the G League. Like from all positions. Like um like point guards, like wings, you know, bigs that just like you're like, wow. But the pace of the game is a lot more like up and down than it is in the NBA. Like in the G League, it's just, it's just crazy. Every time I go, every time I'm in like Maine and I come back to Boston and I watch the game or like just being around, I'm like, wow, this is. Even the first time that I've played, like the few minutes I've played, it's just, it just felt, felt so different. Different how? The pace. The pace. I feel like there's more pace in the G League than there is in the NBA. But like you say, like Grant said, they don't. They just very efficient in the NBA. They don't waste any movement. The, and in the G League, we take we do take a lot of bad shots. Which, like you would have just people just come shoot, and then the other hand run, come shoot. Then you just, you just like that the whole game. That's why you see so many like 150s. Like we scored a few times, like 148. You just go up and down a lot, just run, but. Us, we we got a pretty good team and we move the ball really well and we got people that can knock down shots and you have like Yante and I on the post and Bo, even Bo is playing well as well. And then if we don't play, you have like Sheldon can play, Kaiser is all of them. They just, we just got a good balance of everything. So we can hurt you inside, we can hurt you outside, which why, I mean... We beat a lot of teams. Just, we are very talented. We are very, very talented. So, But when you say that the pace is different, is it just simply that you feel like you're getting up and down the floor like less frequently? Or is it like the way you have to run in transition feels different? Well, I would I, I would say kind of both, I think. Like in, in the G League, I feel like you go – like I said, it's like everything is just so much quicker. People take a lot of quick shots, you know, Whereas in the NBA, some people may move the ball a little more. We move the ball pretty well, but like some, a lot of games we played when, especially when we play against teams like that, where they take quick shots, we tend, I don't know, for some reason, we tend to do the same thing. So those games end up being just a lot of, like a trace, like a um, what do you call it, like a race, track race, yeah, like a track race, the whole time. And in the NBA, like I said, it's just. Everything is just so more efficient. People don't waste anything. Like I feel like Gordon is a perfect example of that. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, he just he he just plays at his own pace. Doesn't let people speed him up, and then he slows down. Gets a wide open layup when you think that's the most contested layup in the world. You think you play great defense, and it's just an easy shot for him. So the more you look at him, the more you watch basketball, the more you see those guys that make the game look just look so easy. Yeah. Make it look. Very easy. And they, they, you can tell they play at the pace where they, they know what's coming. They know if a team is in certain coverage. So guess what? Like Bradley Beal's shown in the past couple of games that he sees the game, putting the ball in the basket. Like a team, Devin Booker does that. You see, he sees a team that's icing, icing the screen, it's down in the screen. He goes early. Next thing you know, he gets a wide open pull-up three, mid-range jumper, splits it, gets to a layup. If not, then next thing you know, they switch up the covers and they're starting to trap him. He gets the ball off his hands fast and then readjusts and then moves faster to get the ball back. It's just it's a, it's a league that you can tell why the levels increase as the more talented people go. And 
the more you watch, the more you see that the league is the best league in the world because of it. I, I love what you're saying about the way that they attack icing. So, like, and for people listening who don't understand, it's the guy guarding the ball is going to literally jump, basically pass the ball handler, get on his side, and try to force him somewhere. You, if you would, usually most ball handlers are thinking, I want to wait till he jumps to my side, so that way I'm in front of him and I'm in control. But if you're really smart, you you do it while he's moving into that position. And I feel like most most players over the last you know over or I guess over their development. So much of it is about learning how to use other people's movement against them mm-hmm. so that you're not only are you getting past them, you're also hitting them while they're moving the wrong and direction. Typically, typically as a team, you understand how play the plays are, that are coming. You understand the yeah. personnel that you're playing against. So you may jump into a coverage quicker on a certain person than another person because you know a person likes rejecting the screen. You know a person likes going the other way. Or you know that a certain play is coming. They call call it out. You're like, oh, come, turns out here comes a step up. Here comes a step up screen. Be ready to ice. And next thing you know, they're coming into that screen and he slips out of it. And they you know you're you're debating what you do, whether you stay with your man and ice or you get back to your man. And next thing you know, your teammate or he opened up his hips and it's a wide open drive for the ball handler. So um, that's how teams kind of are really destroying destroying the game and on the offensive end by making it so, it seem so easy. And that's why some of the, quote, worst teams in the league have some of the best offenses because they understand that side of the ball is more so than the defensive end. Or the, vice versa, the best defensive teams sometimes don't have the best offenses. And when you have that teams that are both, they typically are the contenders. You look at the Lakers, you look at the Bucks, you look at us, you look at um, everyone around the league, Raptors, you look at everyone that is a contender, the Clippers, they're top 10, top five inside both offensive and defensive efficiency. And that's how you know the town's there. I mean, champion almost always is going to be a top 10 offense. Top 10 offense, top 10 defense, one or the other. In the jury, we have both. Well, that is going to do it for another episode of the Grant and Taco Show. Now, if you want to hear more episodes, please tweet at us. Use Instagram. Hit us with that hashtag, Grant and Taco. We want to hear more from you. We want to be able to count up the support. We want to show the world that everybody wants to hear more at Grant and Taco. So you could follow me at Jared Weiss MBA. You know where to follow the guys. You probably do already. Uh, so thank you for listening to this episode. You can find it on the Anything is Potable feed on the Athletic Podcast Network, wherever podcasts are sold. So for Grant and Taco, I'm Jared Weiss, and we'll see you next week on the Grant and Taco Show.